Hello, welcome to Blaze Pod. It is Thursday, the 14th of February, Valentine's Day, in fact, so happy Valentine's Day to all Blades out there. Um, joining me today to talk about Sheffield United and an excellent win over Middlesbrough last night is Sam from the Dem Blades fanzine. Sam, how are you doing? I'm very well, Ben. How are you? Very good, thank you. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm actually. I'm buzzing to be honest. I was. I was buzzing from that win last night. Still buzzing about it this morning. Um, I, I tweeted this after the game, but I, I really think that was our, our best win of the season. When you look at the the players we were missing, the kind of reshuffles that we have to go through Absolutely. during the game, and then also like the standard of the opposition, which I think we could probably talk about Borough in a little bit of detail later on in this, but. Ultimately, you know, despite the standard of football that they play, they're, they're clearly pretty successful at it and were, I think they were fifth in the league when we played them, now kind of clinging on to a top six position. But yeah, just, just a huge win, I thought. I mean, at half time, I was thinking I, I probably would have taken a point out of that game. Like, it felt like sort of Bury were, were quite, I don't know if they were on top, but, you mm. know, we, we were really struggling in that first half to kind of get our usual sort of game going, I suppose. And then, yeah, we uh, we we changed it up in the second half and, uh, and and reaped the rewards. I mean, yeah, just to quickly sort of cap off the events of the game, I suppose, just before we, we get into it. I mean, to be honest, it, it wasn't an amazing game. I thought it was it was kind of tense, yeah. and this is kind of what Middlesbrough do. I think you know they sort of I don't want to say drag you down to their level, but they they do make the game a real kind of physical grind. So yeah, not not a game filled with chances. Duffy had a, a long range shot that was really well saved in the first half. Uh, Middlesbrough had a basically a, a similar chance as well, where the ball broke to Hugill, I think it was, and uh, mm-hmm. Henderson made a good save. Um, and then, yeah, we uh, we kind of brought on Medine in the second half. Uh, I, I guess sort of stepped up the kind of pressure a little bit. Uh, I thought he should have had a penalty when he was dragged down, and still managed to get his shot on goal. And uh, Randolph made another good save. And then, uh, yeah, got the goal from uh, a Stearman header from a Norwood free kick. Uh, Ayala went off for a second yellow card shortly afterwards and to be honest apart from one other chance for a Sombolonga which again kind of came from a, a ricochet in midfield you know Henderson didn't really have too much to do the rest of the way and we, we just defended pretty well against 10 men and, and saw it out very easily but yeah I, I think the the big thing for me is like you know what a reaction from from Friday night from Absolutely. Th- throwing away that three goal lead I mean you know, if if anyone listened to the previous podcast, I, I was kind of like never really doubted that uh, that we would recover and you know show that that was just a blip. But yeah, this was this was a massive statement, I think. So yeah, I mean, we, we talked. I talked just at the start there about like the um, you know the the kind of changed team. Obviously, we were missing Basham with suspension, and then mm-hmm. O'Connell's out as well, and then we actually lost Baldock during the game. But yeah, what was your kind of feelings when you saw the team news? How, how was your reaction to that? Uh, surprise in the first instance, uh, particularly I guess Jack O'Connell going off. Um, I, I had not, I had not seen that coming. Um, well, we almost literally haven't seen United without O'Connell. No, it's, <laughs> it, it seems it seems like such a such a different world. Uh, and honestly, honestly, I thought I thought at that point that we'd be lucky to lucky to get something out of the game. Not 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 because I thought we'd necessarily play badly, but just because it seemed like things were conspiring against us, especially after after Friday. Um and it it just it just felt like something was something was going to go dreadfully wrong, I guess. But um no, not all. And I, I think I think I tweeted tweeted you back last night agreeing with you. I think that was probably the the biggest the biggest win of the season up there with the Millwall away game where I think mm. they're both representative of what we might not have done last season and what we are doing now under under Chris Wilder particularly I think with the advantage of the couple of new signings we've got I'm sure we'll come on to Medine later but um, p- p- particularly with him and Dow and the team I think it just we were winning games this season we probably wouldn't have done last season yeah I, I completely agree with that I've seen quite a few people sort of say that around it's, it's one of them where you can't you can't really know if that's accurate or not but it it definitely feels that way and it, you know you could kind of look kind of look back at uh you know maybe the QPR game a few weeks ago as well that maybe we wouldn't have you know maybe that would have finished nil nil or you know we'd have conceded a late goal been one all you know, Norwich away for example you know would we have come come from behind against a you know really really good team this year but I mean we we didn't do that all last year against no. you know when we went to like Fulham and uh, and Wolves and Cardiff so yeah definitely I mean it was yeah when I saw the team sheet uh you know 
I, definitely my optimism for this game sort of dropped a little bit. It's, mm-hmm. it's a strange thing, but <laughs> United, so yeah, when, when Baldock went off, we were basically missing three of our first choice defence, like actually not in the team. And it's a strange thing, but losing those three defenders makes us weaker as an attacking side. I mean, there can't, oh, no. be, <laughs> can't, be, can't be too many teams around the country where you can actually say that. But yeah, it does it does make a massive difference. And yeah, I no, think particularly with a lack of uh, a lack of uh, Freeman on the bench, which yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not entirely sure what's going on there. I'm not privy to anything, but it, it, it felt a bit odd that he wasn't. In previous instances, I feel like there's been cover so Freeman wants to be mm. on the bench but th- this time around it, f- it felt like we, we, we really needed that but you know but yeah so yeah sort of looking at the team beforehand and trying to figure out what on earth was happening but I thought it was I thought it was interesting that um, the decision was clearly we're going to keep the same system that's been mm. so successful for us with the wing backs with the three at the back and the three in the middle Um and, and basically try and shoehorn a few players into that rather than just going, okay, these are the players we have available. Let's let's pick the you know the formation that that kind of best suits it. Because yeah, if you're starting, I mean, we started what was it? Dowell, McGoldrick, Duffy. Who I mean, they they have some. I, I guess they play similar kinds of roles. If they're all all three of them are quite different players, I suppose. But you know, to have all three of those in the team, I'm sort of looking at it going, what is this like a Three attacking midfielders behind Sharp or something, but yeah, I think I think I had it down as a as a as a four four two diamond when I was looking at stocks. I know we've uh, you know we've played that a couple of times or moved into that a couple of times to nullify certain uh, attacks in mm. in other games. But I mean, yeah, I, 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 sh- I should have just should have just presumed that it was going to be the same. Why, why would we change that that winning formula? Well, I guess, but then you know you you got Dowell, who I don't think Dowell played left wing back. If anyone was unclear about that. Um, at least for for the first portion of the game, um, which I, I don't think he was think fantastic. There, he was I, very I very good. Yeah, I mean, you know, you could tell he's not a left wing back. You know, there's a few yeah. times he was struggling a bit, but yeah, he, he you know he, he gave us. I think he filled in for Ender Stevens very very well. Stevens obviously moved to left centre back. Um, you know, particularly going forward, just looked really really good. I thought as the game went on, a little bit like. Uh, I thought similar against Villa, actually. The longer the game went on, the more kind of space and, and time on the ball he was able to get and, and more sort of effect he was able to have on the game. But, yeah, so we had him at left wing back. Um, we had Stevens playing left centre-back, as I said. When Baldock went off, Craney moved from right centre-back to right wing back. Stearman came on, which meant that Egan moved from the centre of the three out to the right of the three. So, yeah, for the for the second half, basically, we had... None of our first choice five playing in either on the pitch or playing in their sort of correct usual position, um, and yeah, we it, it was. I mean, I just I don't think you can commend. I, I'm just so so happy about this win. I don't think you commend the team and the management enough. You know, the players who who played against Villa and kind of were you know involved in in that sort of freakish cock up, if you like, at the end, and then the guys that have come in and and you know had to maybe play their first football for a bit. You know, Craney's only probably played like maybe three or four full games for us at this point. Stearman probably similar this season. And yeah, they were all immense. I thought they just had, did a fantastic job, all of them. And I think that just, you know, it's great credit to them and to the the management as well, that our whole team, Absolutely, our whole yeah. squad is so well drilled to just drop into this system. And yeah, I, th- I think that's always most it. impressive that the, mm. the, the, the squad players that did come in knew their role which I mean of course you expect them to know their role you're not thinking that they're not doing anything on the training ground but that they came in and were you know as you said with Crane he's barely played a game for us and came in and looked so comfortable I I, I was amazed and obviously delighted it was uh, yeah it was it was really quite something yeah really good Um, yeah I thought Crane actually uh, certainly in the second half there was there was a bit more attacking effort effort from him than I've, I've seen before actually I mean that yeah. run down the right wing, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, which is uh, is good because obviously Basham's out for the next game as well, so he'll mm. continue in there. But yeah, just uh, a, an incredibly satisfying win and a, a great performance all around, I thought. But yeah, interesting at halftime, uh, we obviously lobbed on Medine for uh, for Duffy, which I think made sense. I think you you know if you're going to bring Medine on, I think you have to remove one of Duffy or McGoldrick in this game, and it made sense to me that uh, you leave McGoldrick on because he. He is more physical. He, he is better at kind of pressing and and defending in a way. You know, he's, he's always sort of uh, chasing people down and yeah. making tackles. So that made sense to me. But what an impact Medine had. Um, I know. 
I mean, I, I'm 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 always always pro Duffy in uh, in every single uh, every single instance. But I thought that it was the right substitution, and yeah, as you say, the impact was pretty pretty phenomenal. I mean, he well, I don't think it was his best game. I thought it was better against Villa actually, but just mm. the space he created for the players and the fact that we sort of matched them up, particularly after Aidan Flint had gone off in the first half, mm. I thought it was really quite important that we had that, that that bit more presence and I think it told and I think there was there was always there was always something coming. As soon as he came on there was about you know a couple of penalty shouts, a free kick, and then obviously the free kick that we ended up uh, that we ended up scoring from. Yeah. And and it's satisfying to see that we're not you know, he is he is a target man if you like, but we're not use we're not hitting him like early, you know, we are no. still we're still playing our game. And I have to say he's He's a much better footballer than I thought he was. You know, yeah, his sort would, of control and touch, and the way he's, he's already kind of linking up with um, with Sharp and with Dowell and others as well. I mean, mm. you know, he almost kind of created a couple of chances for Sharp, or did create a couple of chances for Sharp, I should say. That you know, it, it just looked like they played together for quite a long time, and yeah, that was that was great. But I just the thing I, I really liked, and maybe this is simplistic, but it it felt like we kind of beat Borough at their own game in the second half. You know, we. We did go more physical. We were more aggressive. I thought, sort of, you know, pressed a bit higher up the pitch. I think, um, I think Jay noted this on Twitter actually that Egan played quite a bit higher up the second half as well and was kind of, you know, helping us to basically move the ball forward more quickly. Uh, you know, we kind of won more of these second balls, and you know, I mean that. Even though, as I kind of pointed out, Middlesbrough aren't actually very good at set pieces this season. Mm. That felt like a very borough set piece goal. You know, Stearman sort of throwing himself and the defender at the ball and uh, and adding it into the net. And I know Pulis was uh, complaining that it should have been a foul afterwards, but sorry, no. Tony. You know, no, I, I, think, I, I think you might have had an argument with the initial free kick. It was a little bit soft. There's no mm. way that that was a, a foul leading into the goal. No, not a chance. But no. I, I, would, I would agree in general. I mean, I don't think we played... We, we, I don't think we played the Middlesbrough entirely. We didn't. We didn't. You know, we didn't knock it back to front. Mm. We did. We, we did retain some of our, some of our uh, sort of normal play, normal build up. But mm. um, yeah, it was just. It, it was nice. We were a bit. We were quite smart. We were quite savvy. Again, yeah. something I think we've got better at over the over the past sort of eighteen months in the Championship. And we, you know, we we hit Medine when we needed to hit Medine. And I think the the big thing for me was the pressing and mm. how. I mean, in, in the in the ninety fourth minute or whatever, McGoldrick gets just in front of his man to get a toe end on the ball to win a free kick that yeah. you know, puts all our nerves at ease. And you know, he's he's a, he's a striker that's been on the pitch for an hour and a half, and you think he's uh, somehow got the energy to go and do that. So I think it was just that little bit, little bit more desire, but more will to win, and I mm. think that's what really pleased me as much as anything. Yeah, that that was classic McGoldrick. Actually, I was. You know that that was probably my favourite thing that he did in the whole game, and you know that's overlooking like some of those amazing little flicks and stuff that he did in midfield as well. But yeah, yeah. he sort of sprinted about thirty yards to make that tackle, wins a free kick, pressure's taken off, and uh, yeah, I mean I think the difference, like that you noted there, the difference between us and Borough, even though we kind of went more more of a direct style, is we actually have the the sort of skill and the dynamism to sort of. You know, once we've got it in that final third, we can move the ball quickly. We, you know, yeah. McGoldrick can lay it off. Medine's kind of touching it, like playing these one twos and stuff. Crane is dribbling around people. Dowell's taking people on down the wing, and yeah, I mean, it's just a deserved win, I think. And you know, Absolutely. even even without those players, uh, if anything, that just makes it even more satisfying, I think. But yeah, just just really really good. I mean, I have to say about Borough that slightly perplexing. Um, I don't know. I I just. I can't get my head around Borough at they're, all. They're not great. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't strike me. I mean, in, in the first, after that sort of initial ten minutes where we looked pretty good, but and then they came back into the game. But after when they came back into the game, when, when Downing had come on, they did look like they had a bit of uh, a bit of possession between him and friend. Is it friend on the left? Yeah, I think it's friend. Him and friend yeah. on the on that left hand side, and they looked like they had, a, you know, a bit of penetration on down that side. But then, other than that, I, I was. I mean, I was amazed to 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 actually think that they've gone on and won quite a few games, because even I don't know from from top to bottom they looked distinctly average to me, distinctly average. I thought Hugo was actually you know rather poor. Yeah, he's he's shocking. I don't know, I don't know why he's playing ahead of a Sombolonga, To be honest, um, you know, I'd, I'd take a Sombolonga for United in a heartbeat. I think, but absolutely, yeah. I, I never thought that Hugo was up to much, even when he was at Preston, sort of just an average championship. How, how much did he go to West Ham for? It must have. It was. It, it was, was ten million or so. I think might have been slightly more. Wow. And it's wow. barely played for him. 
Um, but yes, I mean, even, you know, even like, I think we were pretty much in injury time. It was like the 86th, 87th minute and uh, they got a throw in by their own corner flag and shot in, in absolutely no rush at all to get on with it. It no, was just... No. Not, not kicking the ball back to us or anything. Yeah, they, they seemed in seemed in in no rush at all. No. Yeah. I mean, I thought I, I actually thought Mikel. I mean, people were laughing yeah. or, and sort of saying, "What? Why is? Why have they gone and signed a mercenary like him?" I actually thought he was by far and away their best player. I would agree. Yeah, it was. It, you know, it was, it was kind of like a a magnet for the ball was like a magnetized yeah, yeah, him at yeah. times. Yeah, every time we cleared it or or passed it, he was there. And yeah, definitely. Uh, it looked well. Looks like he'll be a, a good signing for him actually. And yeah, it does. But yeah, I mean, they they created very little, as I say. You know, they had two. Their two sort of uh, chances were, were kind of came from ricochets from. Yeah, it was like one of their attackers like tried to play a pass. We blocked it and it ended up just running through to their other guy. I mean, I think there's Henderson did a really good job with. Um, I think with every cross, basically. You know, there was there was one early on in front of the cop where he it came through a lot of bodies. I don't know if it was a throw in or a corner and. You know, just made a very comfortable catch, and you just thought, yeah. okay, nothing to worry about, which I, I didn't worry about to be honest. And I, I thought the crowd were, you know, very supportive from the off of uh, Henderson, as you as you kind of hoped that yeah, they would you'd, be. Yeah, you'd hope they would be. I mean, he did he did have that one, you know, I'm just almost, about to mention that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hearts in mouth time, but uh, I'll forgive him that. It is funny, isn't it? How uh, you know how easily narratives could change. I suppose. So, yeah, oh, I, think, yeah. I think it was Downing had a shot that. I don't know if it took a deflection. I haven't actually seen any replays of it on any highlights, but it was kind of straight up at him and he sort of parried it out into a danger area and fortunately we were able to clear. Yeah, I suppose if, if that runs to a Borough player and ends up in the back of the net, then perhaps we're having a slightly different conversation today, but fortunately not. Thankfully we're not now. Yeah. But yeah, Borough just... Um, I mean, I don't want to harp on too much about the style, but they, they just really suck the life out of games, I think. I mean, you, you can't argue with its effectiveness, but... Yeah, I'll just check well, the well, table. I think you can, <laughs> judging by the score. Well, right? there is that, yeah. Maybe by the league position, I, I mean. I, what, I, what I find most bizarre, really, is that uh, consecutively they've, they've appointed these sort of really negative managers. I don't, I don't, I don't really understand. Um, I forgot what his name was before. Karanka, from, wasn't it? That's it, Karanka to Pula. And you're thinking, surely they want to go for some, some you know, more attacking intent than just trying to suck the life out of teams. There's, there's, there's surely more to football than that. Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, it... You know the defense is ridiculous, like by far the uh, the, the tightest defense in the league. But they, they scored thirty five goals in thirty one games now. I mean that's just appalling. And I looked at the table. You have to go all the way down to sixteenth, which is Wednesday, really? to, to find a team that scored less. <laughs> um, yeah, which is wow. I don't know. It, I mean they got in the playoffs doing exactly that last season, and I'm not yep. going to be surprised if they, they end up in the playoffs this season as well. But yeah, I would sort of uh, be quite happy to play them and at the same time not really looking forward to it just because it's <laughs> to just make a game a total grind, basically. Yeah. But yeah. So, um, yeah, we we got a win on Sky TV, which we never do, apparently, even though we do. Uh, won against the top six team again, and we also scored from another set piece, which actually, that Norwood cross for the, uh, the header from Stearman was... It was almost identical to uh, Sharp's goal against um, yeah. Bolton last home game, and I think we've seen it a few other times as well. But yeah, that guy's uh, that guy's crossing ability is is really something. And, from from uh, that position in particular, you, you you just feel like something's going to happen. I mean, I kind of wish he'd start passing uh, passing the duties for uh, sort of closer range direct free kicks when he's going <laughs> to take a shot onto someone else because he's had a couple of uh, couple of mares in that game as well. But uh, no, I would agree. Yeah, he's. Uh, is uh, immense this season. Mm, definitely, um, and yeah, I think just uh, just a final sort of thought on Borough. I mean, I think we just have to have to talk about Richard Stearman. You know, I, I keep seeing um, <clears throat> the sort of model pro tag gets uh, gets lobbed at him quite a lot. It and does. I, I don't, I don't think that's uh, like a backhanded compliment. I think you know, it's it, it just speaks to you know, here's a guy who's what is probably like uh, early thirties probably wants to be you know would like to be playing regular football but you know as far as I'm aware there's there's no complaints from him every time he comes into the team he does a good job and yeah this although it was just immense I know it, it, the goal was kind of the uh the capper I guess for it but uh yeah I think he was like five out of six uh aerial duels at the back and you know there's a couple where it probably didn't even count as like a header but he 
he basically won a challenge with Hugel that ended up with Hugel fouling him and yeah. just, just took all pressure off us and yeah, just just generally was was excellent and yeah, just emblematic of. I mean, he was like emblematic of the win, really. You know, he came on uh, after yeah. half an hour or so, was one of our better players, ended up scoring the winning goal, and yeah, loved his reaction in front of the cop as well. That was uh, absolute passion, loved it, so good. Yeah, no, it was excellent. Uh, I, yeah, I thought I thought he was fantastic from the from the moment he came on. Um, as you say, it was that battle with Hugel in particular, which he totally dominated from from start to finish. I mean, Hugel was good. But uh, good at winning headers, but mm. it really didn't seem like we were that threatened with when Egan, in particular, as you say, uh, uh, with Stearman up against him. I thought I thought Stearman made that battle his own, and 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 the goal itself. I mean, it's something we lack, I think, maybe with the, the with the two other centre halves. I mean, mm. uh, O'Connell and Basham. When was the last time one of those scored from a set piece? I think it might have been Basham earlier in the season. I could be yeah, wrong. Yeah, Basham scored against Preston, but that, you're going back to like September uh, there, yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, that, obviously, it's, that's no criticism of Basham and Jack O'Connell, but it's uh, it's it's nice to see a centre half getting on the score sheet. That's uh, something that we, we we don't always do. Yeah, I feel like Stearman's done it. He did it a few times last season, didn't he? Yeah, from, yeah, from yeah. set pieces. So yeah, goal scoring central defender. Yeah, I think, I think Jay said in the last podcast how uh, you don't you don't want Basham attacking the ball in 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 the opposition's <laughs> box. Not not but, always, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I thought I thought I thought it was fantastic, and the whole the whole model professional thing is quite a funny argument because I think our team is full of model professionals, you know, mm. maybe, maybe barring Gary Medine. Um, I'm not. I'm still not quite over it yet. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought I, I think. As you say, that, that that he's not complaining when he w- might want first first team football. That he is that he is coming on, having not really played and, and celebrating like he's been playing every single game of the season. It's just testament to how Wilder can can manage play manage people and characters in a in a dressing room. I guess definitely, and I guess also the it again just kind of speaks to how we've built this squad. I suppose you know we you know we've we've kind of built uh, a squad that has model pros as backups, like like Craney who. You know, I, I would imagine he came here expecting to be our fourth or fifth choice uh, defender in a back three and presumably was absolutely fine with that and under no kind of uh, uh, pretensions, if that's the right word. I'm not sure yeah. that's the right word, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, I think yeah, maybe a case of, you know, while Wilder's not sell, selling them a, a false dream, is he? He's probably going to tell you, you, you've got to compete. You've got to, mm. you've got to give yourself a chance. And I mean, how Scott Hogan, for example, is going to get into this side, I, st- I still haven't quite worked out yet. But you know, Wilder did say after the game, he's he's open to throwing more than three strikers on a <laughs> onto a pitch at the same time. So I'm I'm yeah. totally ready for that. I'm totally that. ready for that. Charge! That's what we want. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but yeah. I think I think my overall feelings from that game just uh, just a massive amount of pride. You know, coming off. The immense frustration of uh, of the Villa game, where you know I, I still thought there was a load of positives you could pull out of that, namely oh, that we tons. were we were amazing for eighty minutes or so. Um, but yeah, just just to react that way to you know overcome a lot of adversity in terms of uh, players who were missing against a you know by any definition a, a good team at this level, you know yeah. a top six team probably will make the playoffs. Yeah, just just very proud of the way they reacted. Um, Absolutely, and yeah, great. Great win, and uh, yeah, bumps us a little bit closer to uh, to the top three, especially with uh, sorry the top two, especially with uh, Norwich losing last night as well. So um, yeah, any any final words on on the Borough game or covered uh, everything? I, I, think we've, I think we've covered. I think we've covered a lot there. Nice one. I completely agree. Very satisfying win. All right, let's. Um, so I want to talk about Den Blades then, which is the fanzine that you created is that is that right are you are, yeah that's that's about about right yeah you are you are the creator and mind <laughs> behind den blades uh i mean that's slightly unfair because it's <laughs> it made up of the work of like you know yourself included and, and lots of other people um but uh well, let's yeah t- tell people what it is for anyone who is is unaware no. so uh last summer we I, well i i had started writing um a sort of irreverent satirical blog about about Sheffield United, and then just thought, why don't we try and turn turn something like that into a into a fanzine, like a, you know, an, a, a, a paper and pen old school fanzine? And mm. I just thought, well, let's try and let's try and put something on on Kickstarter and crowdfund it. And thankfully, um, a lot of fans are behind the idea. So it, it began really on on Twitter and social media, um, where people were. 
expressing their support and saying you know they they would put some money in to to get the get the project going and then once the once after two days i've managed to raise all the funds to get it going i had to actually set about the work of uh, convincing people like you um and a few other a few other chef united bloggers to uh to to start writing the content for it um and and that was last year and that was the sort of annual that we did mm. um, so that's the that's the the yearly fanzine and then this season we've started to do on top of that a quarterly fanzine as well so there's one that comes out once a year and then a series of four that come out four times a year uh, by the season. Of which the first one came out last week, I believe. That is that is right. Yeah, the first one came out last week, um, and do you know what? I, I, you don't often get a chance to sort of say it, and you, but uh, I'm I'm super proud of it. I am really super proud of it. I've, I actually only got the first copy uh, in my hands yesterday, so I was sort of sitting watching the match with uh, with the copy in hand, and uh, it's great. Yeah, um, so it it, it covers. A whole range of Sheffield United related topics from the sort of uh wild and wacky to the to the statistical so it's got it's got a bit of everything in i would say mm. yeah no it's i mean it's quite apart from the quality of the content it's just a very nicely put together product i think and it's yeah it just uh you know in a world of uh digital content i think it's great that you know you've gone for a to try and put together some a really nice physical product that as you say you can just sit and read yeah. while you're actually watching the match or whatever but yeah so what what kind of things are in um are in this quarterly's edition then just to uh yeah to so inform people we've got we've got uh I, I suppose that the, the highlight piece was I, I managed to get a, a hold of uh, Tony Agana, Blades Legend Tony Agana. Of course, and I sort of I sort of approached him actually, saying, "Do you want to do, do, you want to do an interview? Um, I'm, I'm doing this fancy, fancy doing an interview. Have a, let's have a chat." And he's like, "Yeah, that sounds okay." And then I said, "I do also have a, a slightly wackier idea if you're interested." Um, and I was like, "Well, do, see, seeing that your name's Agana, do you fancy becoming our like agony Agana aunt?" Um, <laughs> With a with a yeah writing a, a column and I said I, I'll, I'll get a load of questions for you a load of questions from S2 for SU and the, the the Chef United forum and and Twitter and see what they come up with and the questions were you know pretty left field I mean right. I mean I, I'll see if I can see if I can dig one out but uh, the pretty left field and when when he responded he he responded with in exactly the sort of tone and humour that I was I was hoping that he would and I th- I, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, it's amazing. It's, it's really hilarious. Uh, How did you get hold of him? You know, funnily enough, it was on LinkedIn. I just I was on <laughs> LinkedIn and I was like, oh, I'll try try typing Antonio Garner, and he was there. And I dropped him a message. I don't I don't know if I should if I should uh, put that out there, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's going to get a flurry of people now saying, yeah. Yeah. recommended skill goal scoring. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, I vouched for him on that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's just that's just one of the pieces we've got. Um, uh the, the the final piece is um by andrew senior um a guy that i met at sheffield writers competition for Duckfest actually earlier in the year mm. um but he has written a piece about uh, his neighbor percy and it's his 100th birthday sheffield United fan percy it's his 100th birthday and it's a really 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 nice piece um i mean if i wanted to recommend everyone read something from it then um i would recommend recommend that but i, I we actually haven't got that many copies left, so I'm going to have to do something where I pop some of these articles online because there's just there's just there's just none left. <laughs> That's well, I mean, that just shows a fantastic demand, I guess. Is it uh, is it a limited print run then for this uh, the first quarterly? I think we are going to do a limited print run because you know as 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 things come out uh, as the season goes on, it you know some of the content might become a little a little bit out of date. Uh, mm. so I don't want to keep on doing print run after print run, and you know these these things do cost a little bit of money. So uh, I think we're going to leave it as limited. There's about thirty copies left, so you can you can still grab those. But um, yeah, it's just something I'm I'm really I'm really as a, as a project as a whole. It, it's nice to be involved. I, I mean, that's, that, I, I only feel involved. I don't feel when you said creator or founder. I don't I don't really acknowledge that. It doesn't it doesn't feel like a creator or founder. Maybe bridging together a lot of talented people that have written some great articles and and yeah it's it's just a, a great thing to be involved with um definitely and i would i would certainly put the call out to anyone that is wanting to to write or illustrate or design or anything like that we're always open to to people coming on board nice one well i was gonna shove a plug in at the end obviously but if if anybody is listening and wants to get in touch what's what's the best way to uh, to do that uh, that would be to email us on hello at 
demblades.co.uk and that is dem with a d-e-m which uh sometimes is met with a few uh skeptical skeptical <laughs> but you, you can't help the name that you've chosen it's a year and a half down the line but yeah it's a bit no, of a it's, it's become a brand in its own right i think <laughs> demblades from your from your uh initial run of extremely entertaining blogs which yeah, it's, yeah I, i'm sad that they uh they, they don't exist so much anymore is that yeah. just a just a time thing it's just time it was a case of so for people that don't know i start i start i started uh the, the blog that i started i did a blog after every single game last season which were you know ostensibly fiction and <laughs> and well yeah definitely fiction and and totally uh, you know bizarre and satirical at times and trying to do that every every sunday morning every thursday morning i mean i wouldn't be able to speak to you now if i if i was do if i was still doing it so you yeah. know it's uh wins and wins and losses but it, it, it was it was fun and i'm, I'm gonna go back and return to some of those at some point but right now it's just gotta make time for the things yeah what, what would you say is the uh the strangest submission or piece that you've got in or had sort of kind of submitted or published in the fanzine or can nothing top uh, a girl no, th- uh no i think so i mean one of my favorites is a piece by uh phil rose who mm. does the ball sup blog um his beer blog when he goes and follows you know chef united chef united youth team the york's cricket team england cricket team and he, and he, and he, and he does his beer blog alongside that um, and he has got three pieces in it, and uh, it's it's quite typographical, so I don't want to sort of give give away give away the um, the the joke. But mm. he picks out a lot of Chris Wilder's quotes and um, discovers a secret message hidden hidden within inside the the quotes about uh, for, for for example the, the relationship between owners or whether he prefers Peroni or a lightly hopped IPA. That, uh, <laughs> It's uh, it's one of my particular favourites, but um, there's the, I mean I, I love it all. There's uh, there's a, a, gr- a great piece in there from Stephen Kay, who's part of Sheffield Writers, on the how fans are custodians of the club. Mm. Um, I mean the, the cover's got Billy Sharp on, and there's a piece by a bloke called David Taylor who has done a whole a, a whole article on why he wishes Billy Sharp was his dad, and and, and goes through the reasons for that. Um, and there's a great a great uh, like infographic style um designed by uh, tom blackett which is i think people people might recognize it. he's done a few of these before uh, and it's a it's, it's a graphic of the leon clark goal against brentford earlier in the season which i think it was it's quite worked out quite poignantly now leon's left but it's nice mm. nice to have got him in the nice to have got him in the scene before he uh, nipped off to wigan yeah well as someone who wrote about two and a half thousand words about exactly, leon clark yeah. only to see him uh, leave three or four months later i can sympathize with that but yeah i mean you know, it, it just shows how many kind of creative, uh, funny, intelligent, irreverent minds are out there in this Absolutely. fan base. And yeah, uh, you know, all credit to you for basically starting this project that helps to shine a light on them, I suppose, and pull them together. And yeah, great, amazing work by you kind of in- inspiring and I guess organizing and helping to distribute it. Obviously, that actually sounds like I'm diminishing your uh, <laughs> your involvement there. But yeah, it's, uh, it is an amazing project. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's great, great to see so many people interested in it. Yeah, it's, it's great to be part of it. I mean, and, and also I would, I would add that we are actually, um, we have actually got three, three more coming, three more zines coming this year, which people will be available to people. But um, I'd also like to, take this opportunity to plug something um yeah, we are we are going to launch a, a an annual writing competition this year oh okay cool. um, so s- starting from sort of this weekend when i'll put a blog up or put, put a post up about it we're doing an annual writing competition which will be judged by kate berliger at the sky news deputy football editor and danny yes. hall who obviously wrote he's one of our own and mm. um it's open to any Chef United fan. Uh, and the topic we are asking people to write about is what is Wilder Ball? Um, mm. Now, I don't usually like the sort of Wilder Ball or, you know, that sort of way to describe <laughs> describe how a football manager goes about his football. But what we really want is is less than 1,200 words on, you know, what, what Wilder's style of football is and whether mm. that's a tactical analysis, a look at... A, a, a case study of a player within that or however anyone wants to present that um 
we're looking for for submissions on that and there will be a cash prize i think that's going to be a, a 50 pound cash prize mm-hmm. so if anyone is interested it's open to as many people as, as as wants to be involved um again just drop us an email or look out on twitter and i'm, I'm sure i'll be posting about that about that soon you'll have to enter yourself ben yeah, well, I, I might well do. Yeah, what's uh, your Twitter is uh, it's, it's dem underscore blades, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, yeah D E M underscore blades. So yeah, do look out for that. Uh, fantastic. All right. So before we finish up, I, I want to um, you know making your blades pod debut, but I hope it will certainly not be your only appearance on here. I very much thank well, you for that's your time. Up to you. um but yeah so obviously we we've we've not spoken more generally i guess about the season so far so i wanted to kind of quickly just uh, i guess a couple of minutes per topic just just get your take on uh on a few things from this season i suppose and i mean i guess the obvious starting point is is how did you think we'd do at the start of the season so try not to let what you know about this let what you now know about this team color this too much Genuinely, yeah. how, how did you think we get on? At yeah, the start gen- of the genuinely, I thought while while the fo- you know Chris Wilder's football teams compete, so I, I thought we'd be competing for a playoff pay- place, probably fairly similar to last season. Uh, but I didn't expect us to, to to better it to better last season, or or certainly not better at the start. I thought we I thought we might sign a few more players so that we could have a bit more of a continued continued attack at the playoffs. But I didn't expect us to to play to quite the level that we have with quite the consistency that we have. Mm. Yeah, uh, kind of similar, I guess. I I thought I thought we would probably be like in the same sort of range as last season, like seventh to tenth. I just thought there'd be too many other strong. I thought other teams, particularly like. The teams that have come down, West Brom and, and Stoke, which looks like a terrible call now, but I, I stand by that one. I don't really know what happened there. Um, yeah, I thought that would be there'd be too many good teams above us. So yeah, it's, it's definitely exceeded my expectation. We're, we're just so much better than we were last season. I think in pretty much every yeah. aspect. I, I think I think it's I think it is a, a case of marginal gains. I think it's we mm. are we are so much better in those games that where we might have lost, we've drawn, where we might have drawn. We've won, and we might like you know. Last night was a case in point, and I, mm. and I suppose there's been ones we've thrown away, like Rotherham and, and Villa. But overall, I think yeah, we are. We're taking point. Yeah, exactly. We're taking points that we that we wouldn't necessarily have got last season at all. Definitely. So uh, yeah, the the obvious follow up is uh, where do you think we'll finish now? So top two playoffs or missing out? I I'm happy to stick my neck out and, and say that we're a better team than Leeds overall. I don't know if I don't know if you know circumstances will dictate that uh, that we'll have all the right players in the right place at the right time. But I fe- I feel like we can we can. I think I just got a feeling that we'll we'll do it. I'm not. Sh- I'm, I don't think we'll necessarily finish top, but I've, I've got a feeling that we'll finish top two. I'm I'm beginning to believe. I'm definitely definitely with you on that. I think playoffs are uh, a, a near certainty. I mean, as I've said the last couple of podcasts, like. It would just be an an almighty collapse from here to yeah. not make the playoffs. I know people like, you know, we might look over your shoulder and be like, oh, well, it's only like eight points or whatever it is. To it might be seven points down to uh, I think it's Derby or seventh now. But there's there's other teams in the way. That's what will like, you know, that's kind of other teams are more likely to slip out of it than we are. Precisely. And I think, yeah. I, think, I think actually what I think uh, you might you might have said it on the pod or, or or you might have said it on Twitter, but. That Aston Villa game actually did give me a sense of we're actually good enough. We're, yeah. we're good enough to beat these top sides, and we have to play them all. So I, 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 I Middlesbrough yesterday again. The sides in and around us, we just have to beat them. We don't have mm. to, or, or or not drop any points to them. And, I, yes. and I, I really do, I really do fancy us to to take enough points off those teams now, which yeah. I certainly wouldn't have felt last season. I really do think. I think. I think we, you know, we're, we're rightfully placed just behind the top two, and we just need to find a little bit more consistency. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, beautifully put. I, I think a very similar uh, similar thinking from the Villa game, actually. It's just like, I feel like we're good enough. You know, I, I don't feel like there are many, if any, teams better than us this season. Um, it's just whether we can, you know, take care of business as we did last night, as we didn't do on Friday night. It's, it's just going to come down to that now. I, you know, I, I don't think that uh, Leeds are significantly better if indeed any better than us Norwich have you know really good attacking talents but defensively some question marks you know they they concede quite a few goals as well so you know who knows how that they might end up winning all their all their games they might end up you know losing half of them or something like that but yeah I'm 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 certainly starting to have an eye up the table I guess largely because you know I just don't expect us to slip out of the playoffs at this point so 
Yeah, good no. times indeed. Um, so, are there any teams in the championship generally that have surprised you this season, either either good or bad, apart from us, obviously? Apart from us. I mean, I think it's been slightly surprising how terrible Ipswich have been and how uh, it's a case in point not to sack a manager that is consistently working wonders with, with little to no resources. I mean, yeah. that that was... Uh, sh- shock or surprise is probably not the right word, but, I mean, I mean, it, it, it proves how incredible a job Mick McCarthy was doing. Mm. Um, I, did, I did kind of call that one. I was definitely... Yeah. That was, it, it, it was probably a bit obvious, I guess, but it was on my, on my radar of like... Mm. You may live to regret that. Although I think um, it was it was Warren that was there next, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I think sacking him was a mistake as well. And then, you know, they, they doubled down with Lambert and brought in, you know, quite a lot of older players as well. And yeah, they, after they... a summer of buying a load of League One kids, it's just yeah, exactly it just seems it seems odd. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe that shouldn't be a surprise. I guess. I guess. I mean, I, I fancied West Brom to, just because of the striking talent they've got to mm. to to be really up there. And I do wonder if. If maybe they had got more of an experienced manager in charge, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I always feel I always feel wary saying something like that. But I think mm. if they got more of a, a manager that knew the championship a bit better, would would they be where they are, or would they have, have you know blown away the league? I mean, I would I would personally think they've got the, the best striking options in the championship for a long, long time, mm. um, and I'm surprised they're not they're not you know even ten points higher than they currently are. Yeah, well, that is interesting this year, isn't it? There isn't. Um... There isn't a Wolves or a, a Cardiff. I mean, I, I sometimes I think people forget. I know I do until I occasionally look back at last year's table. But Cardiff actually finished very close to Wolves in uh, in terms mm. of points. I think they got ninety odd points themselves. So yeah, there isn't that team this year. I don't think unless somebody goes on a ridiculous run down the stretch. I suppose. But yeah, that's a that's a good shout for sure. Um, how how would you rate our January transfer window at this point? Oh well, I'm I'm very very pleased with. Uh, Gary Medine, um, and mm. take, take them one at a time. I think. I think. Uh, no, no one. I don't think anyone can honestly say I really want Gary Medine at my football club. But do you want him in your team? A hundred, hundred percent. Is is. I mean, it was. It was. It was probably in large part thanks to him yesterday that mm. that that we 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 uh, won that game. I think against Villa, he was excellent, and mm. he just he just provides that something else that we don't have. I know that's a bit of a cliche, but he, he does. Well, it's exactly true, yeah. Um, I mean, Dowell, I think, has got he's, he, you know he, he's got it all. I love I love that he's a, a, a much more of a one touch player than Mark. Duffy. I know he played in the left yesterday, but usually you know he's been he's been he's been in and out with with Mark Duffy. And I think that slowly as he plays more games, you can see the di- the difference between them. And I think against mm. again against Villa, which I, I mean I thought it was excellent against Villa. It was that it was that one touch or dummies or something to get to get to break through. Uh, Break through the defense a little bit quicker than Duffy does. I mean, mm. I absolutely love Mark Duffy. He's probably my favourite player, but I, th- I think he offers something different that we didn't have, and that is that is what you want in a in a January signing. You want you want you want to add a bit more value to the team. And I suppose we've, we've yet to see Scott Hogan. <laughs> how's yeah. he going to get? How's he going to? How's he going to get in front of Billy Sharks? I don't see where else he's don't see where else he's going to play unless we unless we seriously do go to a four up front. But <laughs> yeah, I, I guess Hogan's going to be. Probably brought in his cover, I suppose, for you know if, if something happens to Sharp, touch wood, um, or you know he just somehow manages to go like three games without scoring or something like that, or we just fancy. I can't, fancy can't see that happening. Can't see no. that happening at all. I think, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just he, he's been superb, superb this season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, which leads us on to a uh, final one on this section. Uh, what's been your favourite thing about the season so far? Um. I mean, on, on a micro level, I really enjoyed beating Millwall. I mean, I, mm. I, I, I don't think there's anywhere better to to go away and win than beating Millwall. Um, but I mean, overall, I, I, it has to just be sh- the sort of sharp renaissance. It's not even a renaissance; he's been brilliant for the last three or four years. But how how Chris Wilder has got even more out of him, and how he's got more out of himself. I mean, I mean, the last few games he has been not only in his goal scoring, he has been. Just, just outstanding, and you almost have to have like a, a secondary man of the match each game because it's yeah. really, really sharp every week, and you have to choose the player <laughs> after it. You, never, you, know, you know, you never, you never get the, you never, you never get anything other than a Billy Sharp man of the match. Um, he's been, he's been awesome. I, can't, I it's, it, it surprises me week in and week out. I, it's, it's brilliant to watch. Mm. 
Yeah, definitely. Very good shout. All right, I've got some very quick questions for you just before we finish up. So uh, on the subject of Sharp, it was his birthday last week. Uh, he now has 100 goals. Uh, which of them has been your favourite for United? Um Oh, there's so many to pick. I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't know why this is my favourite, and it's probably not the one that anyone else is going to think of. But I think it was against was it Bradford away when John Fleck played like a sixty-yard pass into the into the penalty box, and he just headed it past the Bradford keeper. And it wasn't. Oh yeah. It was. It was more because of the move, and just like I don't think there's many strikers that, especially in, in League One at the time, sort of played on the shoulder like that. And it was just a, a sign at the time that we were we were sort of edging beyond those those League One teams and. I mean, he's, he's probably scored better, like the one against Leeds last season, and scored more spectacular ones. But there's something about that goal that I, I, uh, I really liked. Yeah, it was a good statement one actually, because yeah, Bradford were, you know, that was quite early in the season when it probably a couple mm. of months into it, and yeah, we didn't really know. I think we were sort of on the cusp of like, oh, we have a very, very good team, yeah. having had a you know a rubbish start to the season. So yeah, that was a, a lovely header. I mean, for me, I think it'll always. I'm not sure. Maybe if he scores at Hillsborough, or scores a goal to send yeah. us up, but it will take something very special to uh, to replace the one yard header against Peterborough <laughs> away. No, just because, uh, yeah, it was just uh, madness when that all went in, and that was that was the point where I I kind of stopped thinking it and started saying it like we are going up this season. Like th- this team is going up. So uh, yeah, ne- all right. Next question. It's uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's, it's now the Chinese year of the pig. Now, is that going to be a good omen for United or for Wednesday or, or both? Are we both going to have a good year? Listen, I, I, we're I, both I, yeah, I think I think I think we should take that as good omen for both teams. Sheffield Wednesday will just about stay up, and Sheffield United can <laughs> and can get promotion. I mean, that's, that's about that's about both of our levels, isn't it? So, yeah, that's, we'll we'll take that. That is a very good answer. Um, if you could drop any player from United's past into this team, who would it be? And uh, yeah, assume they're at their peak and not like sixty years old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it needs to be a player that you've seen play for us in person. Uh, there's, well, there's loads of favourites I'd like to drop in that you know aren't necessarily that good. Like, I'd love to see Chris Morgan and Paddy Kenny in any Sheffield United team just because <laughs> I really like them both. But I, I think in this particular team, I'd like to see. Oh, it's really difficult. I'd like to see uh, Babakis on the uh, right wing back in this team. I think he would mm. have absolute uh, an absolute field day. Um, yeah, him or, or 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 Michael Brown. I've got I've got to say I've got to say Michael Brown just because I think we haven't necessarily got that absolute steal and also twenty goals a season from midfield. So Michael Brown in his absolute prime for us would probably be my. My number one, my number that one is, shout. That is a great shout, actually, on Michael Brown. Yeah, Babakis was uh, it resurfaced on Blade's Twitter this week because it was his fiftieth birthday, which which shocked me. <laughs> I can't believe I he was fifty. I I, well, I, I am actually trying to, to sort an interview with him because if, if people don't know, him and Tridelis are actually working together as manager and assistant manager at a, a, a Greek club. So I'm trying to I'm trying to get uh, furiously trying to get them to, to do something for the next uh, fanzine. But I did not know that. That yeah, was amazing. Interesting fact for you. But yeah. Um, yeah, he was he was awesome, and I think he probably had the greatest debut of any Sheffield United player that I've ever seen against Derby. So, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a fantastic uh, right back who I think would have an absolute field day in our team, and uh, yeah, great free kick taker as well. Yeah, loved him. But yeah, it was, turns out he was a bit older than I thought when he played for us. I thought he was like twenty one or something like that. But yeah, um, so in in your uh, your your Den Blades blogs after the match uh paul coots was the perennial man of the match winner he was regardless of the fact yeah yeah regardless of the fact he uh unfortunately was was not playing but still obviously having a man of the match level influence on all these games if anyone was going to displace him if you're still doing these blogs or, or indeed when you continue to do these blogs who would it be and what would they need to do uh it's very difficult because i think Initially, when I did that, it was Coots is brilliant, so Coots can be man of the match every week. And then he got injured, so it was like, well, let's as a, as a, as a token, let's make sure that he's man of the find find a more and more ridiculous reasons to keep him as man of the match whilst he's not playing. So I think the one thing that'd have to be the not playing. So maybe at the minute it'd have to be Kieran Freeman, just because mm. it's not, not not in the team. I'll, I'll I'll have to have to find some 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 ridiculous and uh, some ridiculous method to give him man of the match. But maybe he'll, maybe he'll slot back in now. Bollock's injured, but. Uh, yeah, the, the, I think I think the, the the primary categories are not playing. So maybe Leon Clark as well. Get more we'll, Chuck. Leon. Oh, Leon Clark, that's a great one. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm always down for more love for Leon. To be honest, but yeah. 
Um, all right, and then I'm, I'm going to skip this next one actually because it was about United never winning on Sky, except when they do, except we did win last night. So yeah. Um, so if you if you had to pick one, uh, which would it be? United make the playoffs or United win at Hillsborough next month? Uh, uh, as in right. So this I've asked us a question about a question. So do you mean do you mean that they will? They're guaranteed playoffs, or they're guaranteed to beat Sheffield Wednesday. Is that is that the? That is correct. Guaranteed okay. to make the playoffs, at which point, who knows what happens? Or so I'll, so I'll say. I'll say beat Sheffield Wednesday because I'm confident Ooh. that we'll that we'll we'll get the playoffs anyway. I don't. I don't think I need. I don't think I need that sort of that supernatural guarantee. I'm I'm confident that we'll get there anyway. The supernatural guarantee that I am able to provide as to the future of the season. That's that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I, I suppose so. With uh, the I mean, I'm, I'm not. I mean, you know, if you give me, if you give, if you want like a, a fairly honest answer, I'd rather just be in the playoffs and get promoted than beat Sheffield Wednesday. But uh, yes. you know, I thought that was too easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want I, to present I, some difficulty. I uh, yeah, no. Give, given given uh, a supernatural guarantee that one of them will happen, I'll pick beating Sheffield Wednesday because I think we'll get to the playoffs anyway. Yeah, I suppose actually, if we win at Hillsborough, we probably will. Exactly. So three points along the way. Nice one. All right, Sam, thank you so much for uh, giving me your time and making your Blades Pod debut. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, let, let's make sure everybody knows where to check out everything that you do then. So, obviously, Twitter is uh, at dem underscore blades. Um, website yep. address Web- is... What? Sorry, go on. No, no, go for it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's your gig. Go for it. The website is demblades.co.uk. And uh, if you want to email us about anything, we're always looking for writers and contributors to the fanzines. Um, and just drop us an email at hello at demblades.co.uk. And the fanzine, you said there's about 30 copies left of about this quarter. Copies left. Yeah. Uh, uh, where, should, where should people that, go to get that? That's on the, that's on the website. I mean, if if you can find us on any of those means, you'll you'll be directed to. You know, we're, we're not shy about advertising. Yes, indeed. So. Um, yeah, well, thanks once again for coming on. It was great to talk to you. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy that we were able to talk about a win because we, we, we'd committed to doing this. And yeah, if we'd just lost a crap game 1 0, perhaps we'd be. I'd a have bit been less bringing it sick, I'm afraid, Ben. That would have been entirely fair. Um, all right. And yeah, con, you know, just congrats on uh, on everything that you do. Keep up the fine work yourself. Uh, I look forward to, uh, you know, seeing many words coming from yourself and all your contributors over the next few months as well. Me too. Thanks, Ben. Cool. Cheers, Sam. Take it easy. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye.